Afternoon, folks. This is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. We're going to take one of our walks. We have two puppy dogs, a couple children's, and the birds are out and about somewhere. Oh, my goodness, yes. We're very excited to go on a little walk. <laughs> Hope you all are doing well, folks, wherever it is, as always, whatever part of the day you're in. Thank you all for giving me a little bit of your time. I appreciate it and hope that I use it well. And for those of y'all that continue to share the podcast and to help it grow, uh, thank you so much. It's, it's, that's how it grows, folks, when y'all tell somebody else about it and get them into it. And I hope that it helps them, hope that it helps our country, even if just a little bit. And I'm just grateful for it. So thank y'all. We're going to get back into one of our founding fathers today. Hadn't talked about him for a few months. Hadn't really talked about him in quite a few months. Uh, And probably one of, depending on who you talk to, what you read, one of the maybe three or four, half a dozen preeminent Founding Fathers. Just a little side note. You have dogs, and one of your dogs ever goes and rolls in a skunk. Don't pet them. It's a bad idea. Our three-legged wolf either got in a fight with one or found a dead one to roll in. At any rate, sorry. We're going to talk about Benjamin Rush today. Uh, Rush was a lot of things. Uh, he was a doctor, for one. Obviously, one of our founding fathers. Uh, signer of the Declaration of Independence. One of the first to call for free national public schools. Scientist. And a number of other things. I'm going to read through. A few different quotes from him. Some of these you can find in, well, my brain just went away. Some of these you can find in the Patriots Bible, which is a resource that I recommend frequently. I think it's a book that every single family in the country ought to own. And I especially people who profess Christ, and it it is absolutely, without a doubt, something that ought to be in every single classroom across the nation, since we are founded as a Christian republic. And then a lot of this stuff that I pulled is from a book written with a bunch of essays. It's called, it's literally called Essays, Literary, Moral, and Philosophical by Benjamin Rush, M.D., and professor of the Institute of Medicine and Clinical Practice in the University of Pennsylvania. This particular edition that I'm reading from is from 1806, but I think a lot of these letters were written uh, in the late 1790s, maybe 98. But you can find it online. It's free if you want to dig through it so much. 
I just got it because I'm I'm trying to gather a lot of these primary sources just because then I know I'm not making mistakes, at least in the quoting of it. So a good bit of this next little bit I'm going to quote from comes from a section of this these essays that he titled, Dr. Rush titled, as defense for the use of the Bible as a, as a school textbook. And really, when you dig into it, his argument is that that ought to be the central textbook. And, and we're going to kind of, we'll, we'll talk about, we'll kind of tile this in after I read some of it. I believe no man was ever instructed in the truths of the Bible without having been made wiser or better by the early operation of these impressions upon his mind. If moral precepts alone could have reformed mankind, the mission of the Son of God into our world would have been unnecessary. He came to promulgate a system of doctrines as well as a system of morals. The perfect morality of the gospel rests upon a doctrine which, though often controverted, has never been refuted. I mean the vicarious life and death of the Son of God. This sublime and ineffable doctrine delivers us from the absurd hypotheses of modern philosophers concerning the foundation of moral obligation and fixes it upon the eternal and self-moving principle of love. It concentrates a whole system of ethics in a single text of Scripture. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another even as I have loved you. By withholding the knowledge of this doctrine from children, we deprive ourselves of the best means of awakening moral sensibility in their minds. Contemplating merely the political institutions of the United States, I lament that we waste so much time and money punishing crimes and take so little pains to prevent them. We profess to be Republicans, and yet we neglect the only means of establishing and perpetuating our Republican forms of government. That is the universal education of our youth and the principles of Christianity by means of the Bible. For this divine book, above all others, favors that equality among mankind, that respect for just laws, and all those sober and frugal virtues which constitute the soul of republicanism. So <clears throat> we've read through this part before. This is part of the muscle memory. Uh, certainly, it seems it's pretty cut and dry. You know, he's saying here that the fact that we don't teach our children these doctrines, these teachings of Christ from an early age takes away, it, it, it delays, at least delays, if doesn't almost prevent altogether the awakening of morality in their minds. And of course, you see this uh, just again, as I say so often, if you don't understand what's going on in the country, how devastating these lack of virtues, this lack of morality is in our country, go to any high school in the country probably really any school, elementary, middle school, or high school, and and just be there for a couple weeks. <laughs> uh, or talk to a teacher or administrator that you trust as a decent person and sit down and ask them, you know, what's the single biggest problem in schools today? 
And, and if they don't have blinders on because of the influence of the left in the education system, they're going to tell you without hesitation and that it's, there's no competition. Second place is far distant that it is the lack of morality that the problems come from home uh, and dysfunctional marriages and families. And that leads directly back to the lack of the teachings of Christ. And, you know, as Dr. Rush was saying here, we claim to be a republic. Well, a republic just by default, the way it's designed requires a people that can control themselves. And I can't pull the author of this quote right now, but we're either going to be controlled, we're going to control ourselves, or somebody else is going to control us for us. We're either going to be controlled by the Bible or the bayonet. And, and that's what you see. If a people can't control themselves, then that opens the door for dictators. You've seen it throughout history consistently, constantly. If you have an immoral people, and that quote that I go back to from Adam so often, you know, our constitutions and laws, our Republican form of government only works for a moral and religious people, a people that follow the teachings of Christ. It cannot work for any other. And that's what we see today. Uh, and, and going back to the, the Supreme Court or not the Supreme Court, the Alabama court decision that was quoting a Supreme Court decision, an opinion delivered by Chief Justice Story from 1983, and then the court case for story goes back to the 1800s. The First Amendment was not created to elevate Islam or atheism or deism to Christianity. It was created to keep the different sects and denominations from fighting against each other, from, from one being favored by the government over another. There's a real interesting, another little excerpt here from Rush's collection of essays. And it says, the Bible is a cheap book, and it is to be had in every bookstore. It is, moreover, esteemed and preferred by all sects, because each finds its peculiar doctrines in it. It should, therefore, be used in preference to any abridgments of it, or hitherto extracted from it. So what he's saying is, you know, we don't need just little parts of the Bible. We need the whole thing because then it doesn't matter what denomination you're part of. You're going to find your particular doctrines within that. But notice, you know, he, he's not talking about, and there's another quote I'm about to read from his book. He's not talking about atheists. He's not talking about uh, Muslims. He's not talking about deists because our republic was not founded on any of those doctrines. And, and as the Supreme Court decision that was then quoted again by the Alabama court back in the 80s said, that's not the point of the First Amendment. And we've taken it, of course, the left has twisted it to mean something it didn't by separation of church and state. Uh, using a line out of Jefferson's letter to the Danbury Baptists, which was never intended to be used to that point. And it's nowhere in our Constitution or our Declaration. 
And again, just throw this in. I don't know why it's bouncing around in my head from just a minute ago. Uh, the idea of, of fiscally conservative but socially liberal, that's just a joke, folks. It's just not possible because eventually that social liberalism, that lack of morality socially is going to bleed over into your economic policy. It's somewhere along the way your brain's going to give you an excuse. Say, well, we don't really need to follow this upright path here. We can cut the corners a little bit. We can do this, this and this just this one time, just this one time. And you see it. You go back to the schools again. Talk to a counselor. Good Lord. Uh, although you might, it might be a rough day if you sat down and talked to a counselor for very long from our public schools because they're going to tell you stories that you don't want to hear. They're going to tell you things that are going on in our country that are happening to our children that you don't want any part of because that's what we like to do, right? We like to put blinders on. We like to pretend that everything's going good. Our little world, if you know, see no evil, hear no evil, whatever it is. If we can pretend that everything's hunky-dory, then then we don't have to really get our hands dirty. We don't have to really make those hard decisions. That, going back to a recent podcast, that's exactly what we've done <laughs> with our military, which is, folks, I got a letter via my father. And uh, you know what? <laughs> we may just do a podcast about that next week. I may read through this email. It's from a retired lieutenant general. And we may just talk about that a little bit, but I'm, I'm kind of bouncing around too much here. So I'm going to try and get back to track. I had one more part of Russia's essays here that I really wanted to read. To the arguments I have mentioned in favor of the use of the Bible as a school book, I shall add a few reflections. The present fashionable practice of rejecting the Bible from our schools, I suspect, has originated with the deists. They discover great ingenuity in this new mode of attacking Christianity. If they proceed in it, they will do more in half a century in extirpating our religion than Bolingbroke or Voltaire could have effected in a thousand years. I am not writing to this class of people. I despair of changing the opinions of any of them. I wish only to alter the opinions and conduct of those lukewarm or superstitious Christians who have been misled by the deists upon this subject. On the ground of the good old custom of using the Bible as a school book, it becomes us to entrench our religion. It is the last bulwark the deists have left, for they have rendered instruction in the principles of Christianity by the pulpit and the press, so unfashionable that little good for many years seems to have been done by either of them. I think this comment, I uh, just stumbled across it reading through this, just kind of scanning over this particular chapter. The left has done so much damage, and I really am kind of equating the left to deists here, and I'm not even sure that that's really accurate probably closer to atheists today, but they use the platform that the deists were apparently using at this point, which that's kind of a comforting thought there, folks. This, this problem has been around uh, and we've dealt with it before successfully. And, and so we can again, uh, but we're going to have to. And, and often that's come at a high cost, you know, a conflict internally. But the fact that they are attacking 
Christianity by by trying to get rid of the Bible as a school book. And he, you know, Rush here is really saying that they've already done it at that point with the pulpit, the church, and the press. And that's oh, that's so true today. You know, it's it's what today it's what we call woke culture or cancel culture. You can't speak the truth. You can't talk about Christianity in schools. You can't talk about it in the press. You can't talk about it in entertainment and culture. You can't even in a lot of places, you can't even speak that truth in churches without risk of censor or offending someone to the point that they're going to try and get you in trouble with the state. And, and then he goes, you know, it, it's not I, I, it's not the deists that he hopes to to encourage here because he despairs of ever changing their opinion. It's the lukewarm Christians, folks, and that's that's the deal today. I, you know, we've got to keep trying. Our founders kept trying to reconcile with the British right to the very end. And and in so many times, you know, Jesus tells us to pray for our enemies, to pray unceasingly. Uh, and you're never to give up on a person. But there are times when you've got to turn them over to God and you've got to keep moving on. And. I really, this just resonated so much with me, folks. There comes a point when we've got to understand that there's just not any reconciliation with these people. And this isn't about Biden or Pelosi or Schumer or AOC. This is not national political leaders and national cultural leaders. These are the everyday citizens that we we live with and work with and, and, and are around constantly, neighbors and friends and family. That, that That's who has enabled this. And we may not be able, like Rush was saying here, we got to keep trying, but it is despairing. I mean, it's it's depressing to think about. We're, we're just the chance of changing the minds of these people is slim to none. And at some point, we've got to acknowledge that. But what we can change are the people that profess faith in Jesus Christ and love America and have really been misled, as Rush said here. The First Amendment. There is just, when you look historically, folks, and I hope as y'all are listening to this podcast, you see this, there's absolutely no excuse for the Bible not to be the center of public education and, and an absolute integral part, the center part of our government and public policy. It's just never been the case. That is, that's a lie that's been tried to be sold for ever since the beginning of the country and, and it's being really successful right now. And if it, if it's allowed to carry on, folks, it'll, it'll dismantle the republic. I don't feel like I'm doing a very good job getting this across and I feel like I'm kind of rambling here, but it's just such an important point, folks. Uh, it's, there's so much here. And the bottom line point is this. We, we're born, as President Wilson said, a Christian nation. We are a Christian republic. And if we don't put God actively back in the center of our republic, our institutions, our, our education, our families, our marriages, it's over. It's over. Uh, at any rate, I, I'm going to leave off here. I hope that y'all have managed to get a little bit out of this. I, I feel like maybe I've let y'all down a little bit tonight, but we'll come back to it.
A lot of great stuff from Dr. Rush, who was there, founding father. So important to listen to those people as opposed to the nonsense today. So thank you all so much for joining me, for giving me a little bit of your time and for continuing to share the podcast. I'm so grateful. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of whatever is left of your day. God bless you all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to you all again real soon. Look forward to it, folks.